Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Live. And we're recording. Hello, hello, Taco Tuesday Nation, the Taco Knights. Um, the, taco- <laughs> the Taco Knights, I love it. We are back with another Taco Tuesday episode. Um, Glenn Shelton, along with myself, Christian Brindle here. And we have um, a, a meeting of the minds here today, my friends, with Two people that I'm so excited to have on here. They run an amazing Facebook group. They also run together a very amazing insurance agency. Um, very amazing. Very amazing. <laughs> we, have, we have Joanna Wyckoff, who's been on before. And we have Joe Tutola, who I'm just ec- ecstatic that we have a little bit of time to talk with him. Thank you, you both, for taking some time to come on here today. And how are you both doing? Great. Very well. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting okay. better. Bronchitis, I'm about, right? Uh, I'm about 90% recovered from my, okay. my not COVID. Not COVID. <laughs> you heard it from the horse's COVID. mouth. Not COVID, you guys. Not COVID. <laughs> Wait, Christian, are you going to, are you going to make a t-shirt that says not COVID and wear it to the airport? I should. <laughs> I should. Super spreader. I definitely I I should. Th- I'm not sure, but I think Mississippi is a Republican state, so they're like, come on in. We don't care if you're coughing. <laughs> Take that damn mask off. Shout out <laughs> come to on Trump. down. <laughs> what virus? <laughs> Trump. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but I don't the know what kind of state it is. The virus we but. have here is those damn liberals. <laughs> <laughs> them, damn, them Democrats, God damn it. I was telling my wife last night, I was like, it's those demo rats. <laughs> those demo rats, dang it. So, so who wants, before we get into this conversation, because Joe, I know that I know that your time is rather limited, but who wants mm-hmm. to dab for Murray? Oh man, Murray's always, Murray, I can't eat He's a so dab, bro. You're killing me. We got the live <laughs> chat going, everything like that. Um, Guys, um, oh, there's a real taco. There real it is. Taco. This is the Doritos Locos Nacho Taco Supreme, guys. This is nice. the real deal. Nice. Are you guys really right. eat tacos? Like, they really eat tacos. Okay, for real. <laughs> eating tacos. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to. I, eat tacos. I don't have tacos for dinner. I have. No. If I went and showed you what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight, you wouldn't believe me. Whoa. That's some serious hype, Joe. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it. Hold on. Okay, here we I'm go. actually going to do it. That's what I'm talking about. We're here for the food. So, and, you know, so, I'm not sur- is anyone surprised that like the fastest insurance growing Facebook group right now is is faded? I'm not. I'm not surprised by that at all, personally. Wait a minute. Are we talking about all all 
insurance and food group? Yes. Yeah. This, is, this is on our menu this evening. Salmon. Dairy-free salmon chowder. Dairy-free Dairy-free salmon chowder. I said it. I said it. I uh, have not had animal in quite a while. So we're fishing. Hey, that, that, that sounds amazing, actually. Non-chicken, non-beef family. I like it. We so follow Joe, the Tom Brady diet. Joe, yeah. you know, I've known you for several years. Mm-hmm. When we first connected, Joe, um, I think the thing that stood out the most is that you have, you know, if I'm talking to an agency owner specifically or someone in the hierarchy or someone at an organization, it's it's very easy for me to tell pretty quickly if someone knows how to sell insurance or if they don't know how to sell insurance. Mm-hmm. And you stood out right away because I knew that even though, you know, you have call centers that you work with, you own a team, you know, you own your own agency. I knew right away that you knew what you were doing, that you've sold insurance for a long time, that you're proficient in selling over the phone. So, you know, I think now, obviously, more than ever, this has become relevant. And, you know, I would love any insight that you can really share about selling over the phone. Or maybe, you know, I think there's also a lot of agents out there who are really interested in the call center model. A lot of agencies Mm -hmm. and agency owners and agents who I think would love to be like, how do I, how do I start my own call center? So, you know, um, you have so much experience in this space. I think it would be really cool to hear about common pitfalls, you know, first steps, what would you do? I mean, really anything that you think you could share that could potentially help, you know, someone looking to get started. Good, good question. So, when I, when I hear that, I think of two, two kinds of people. I think of somebody who wants to actually go and start a call center, you know, 12, 18, 50 seat, actual thriving, humming phone room. And then the other kind of person that we, we hear about is the, you know, we call it the, the nomadic agent, the independent feet to the street agent that, you know, is getting tired of staring at their windshield all day and they want to sell insurance over the phone. So two very completely different business models. I'll address the first one very quickly because that's lesser of the people we come in contact with. And then I'll spend a little bit more time addressing the second person. But for the person that wants to go into the call center space, the first thing I'll tell them is, or first question I'll ask is how much capital do you have? What is your initial investment going to be? And if that numbers doesn't have a comma in the middle of three numbers, <laughs> then you're, you're literally wasting your time. Yeah. Um, there's no way. I mean, you can do it in final expense with a nine month advance selling, you know, Royal neighbors and, you know, take this week's policies to pay for next week's leads. And you can, you know, keep rolling that and get yourself, right. but right. Um, it's a very risky way to do it. But you need a lot of capital just to rent out an office. You're looking at uh, first, last, and security. So 10, 15 grand right there. Um, a cube is a thousand with the with the, the the computer on it and the chair. So you want 20 cubes. It's 20 grand. You got to bring in a line guy to fit your out, office out with Cat5, Comcast, or whoever your internet provider's got to come in 300 a month, but they're now walking to the door without six or seven hundred dollars because you're a new customer. So list goes on, and then you got to go hire people. You got to go find 20. First of all, you got to find 20 people with a license. 
but then you got to find 20 people with a license that can sell over the phone. And then you got to find 20 people that actually come to work every single day. So you got to, you got to go through a hundred to get the 20. So maybe it takes you six months to do that. Meanwhile, you got to go buy the marketing. A Medicare lead is not $6. You know, you're not feeding a call center with a $5 LIS Facebook lead. It's just impossible to do that. So you need a, a tremendous amount of cash. You need uh, support staff. You need somebody to take over the calls. You need a commissions coordinator. Commissions coordinator could also be the contractor in the beginning, but you need all these people, you know, right person, right chair to really get the thing going. You could start small, you know, with four or five people, but you're never going to get the traction you're going to want because you got to pay out the commission. You got to pay the lead. So maybe you go a year without making any money unless you go for a deep or an advancing deal. We have um, some of our contracts are high level uh, advances, two year advances. So that allows us to cash flow right away. Not everybody has access to that type of stuff. So um, if you're going to go call center, first thing I would tell you is make sure you have cash. You're going to need capital at least to get through the first six months, especially in Medicare, because it's not a high cash flow business. You know, it takes it really time. Isn't. You know, right. it takes time. You know, I would say you would you should start in T65 because the T65 lead is pretty easy to generate, and um, it's a very very easy Medicare supplement sale to do, and you can put business on the books. You get paid right away. Medicare Advantage, obviously, we have that whole compliance factor in the middle. So your marketing has to be completely different and your whole sales process to be different. And then when you even think about Medicare Advantage, just if I hire an agent today, they're not they're not able to do an enrollment for at least a month. And that's if they don't need a release. You know, it takes right. almost a month to get contracted. So what are you going to do with them for a month? Pay them, right? Or you don't pay them and you tell them to come back in a month, they're going to find another job. So um, the call centers that are extremely successful were homegrown, you know, two guys in an office that had a great idea. And then next thing you know, they got 25 people on the phones. Um, the ones that at least that I've, you know, been in contact with. And then on the other end of the spectrum, the call centers that are very um, successful um, were, um, you know, created out of money, you know, money created the call center. Right. And uh, they're very successful and they're doing very well. Um, the independent agent that wants to sell over the phone, I think is probably more of our audience on this, um, uh, zoom, Facebook live thing. Sure. And, um, the, it, it gets a little tricky because there's a whole perception that an agent has, and they think that once they put the headset on and they turn the lead switch on that, that, that person actually like calls into their office and says, you know, hi, Joe, my name is Mary, the client. And I really want to shop out my HMO plan. I'd like to lower my co-pays. Is that something you could help me with? And they think that's what a, what a telephone salesperson's um, adventure is like er every day. And, and Christian will, will speak to this. It, it's nothing could be further than the truth. Yes. You're going to have people that are going to, you know, if you do your marketing and you know, you, you run your landing pages and you, you do your, your social media, you know, over time, you're going to create that inbound um, call culture that, that takes time. I think Justin Brock can speak to, you know, three years it took him to get it to where the people call him. It didn't happen overnight. Um, and you can create that, 
but that's not going to put money in your bank account on Monday. You know, unless you have a bankroll, you got to buy, you got to buy the cheap leads to start out. Um, I'm not saying you have to, but that's really what you have access to. It's hard to run live transfers as a single person because the way that the live transfers go, um, they use this program called Ringba and, uh, Generally, they want more than one person on a campaign. So when they send over concurrence, they can only send over one to you at a time. Uh, live transfer companies generally go for the highest bidder, or at least the more reputable ones. So unless you're bidding 45 or 50 or 55 a call, you're stuck with overseas, which is nothing wrong with it at all. I feel personally but attacked. I feel, per I feel personally attacked. Not young. at all. Not at no. all. Beca because I know. Because you have to learn how to close that type of lead. 100%. Yeah, I mean, just like, yeah, just like you have to learn how to close a lead from a direct mail. You have to learn how to close a lead from the internet. You got to learn how to close a referral. Each one of those leads, you're going to approach completely different, at least on your opening, and you're 100%. going to bring them through the process very different. They're both highly successfully converting leads. But unless you know how to approach them or, or, or work them, um, it's very difficult. Um, the other thing the agent needs is they need technology, like right, right out of the starting gate. You need to put money into your headset. You need to have two monitors at a minimum. Um, you know, you can't sit on your couch on your laptop, you know, work in telesales. You could, but you're challenged, right? You're challenged. Right. You got to run quotes and you got to run the app. You want to get in and out as quickly as you can. So you got to invest in technology. You got to have um, some type of dialing platform or CRM or something. I've never used it, but Radius Bob is what comes to mind right away because it has the whole solution in the package. Right. And then Eric Fierro's um, uh, Go High Level platform, when you link it to Twilio, it has all the, the whole solution in that one uh, platform. Um, and then the other thing you need to have is you need to have scripting. Scripting is very, very important. You got to work with an FMO that utilizes technology, whether it be Connector or Sunfire. Okay, that's, it's a must. If you're working with somebody with, that doesn't have either one, you, you need to quit them today and <laughs> then go find somebody that has um, uh -huh. Connector or Sunfire. Um, and uh, discipline, you know, you need to have discipline and uh, you need to have tough skin because you get, you're going to get told off here and there. Um, so, Joe, Joe, I had a question for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, and sorry, Glenn, I just wanted no, no, to, no. Oh. Um, I've, oh, I've, Glenn has talked to tons of these, you know, um, insurance influencers out there, right? Just people that are big names, big followings, things like that. So have I. I've never heard this question asked to you, and I'd really love to get your take on it because I've heard it from everybody, but I'd love, I'd love to hear what your take on it from such a unique perspective, right? As somebody that works with a lot of call centers, you also work with a lot of independents. Um, why is our turnover rate so high for agents? Like, what is the, what is the main determining factor that you feel? Because you, you've, you've probably seen more agents come and go into this business than probably all of us put together. <laughs> on this stream. So I'd love to just hear what your take is on it. Cause I, I've heard it from everybody else, but I haven't heard it. From I, I attribute it to only two reasons. The first one, the main one is lack of work ethic. Yeah. You show me an agent that's putting in 12 hours a day, Saturday mornings, Monday night, phone calls, you know, stacking their calendar. You show me that person and that person has failed. 
I won't believe you. I will not believe you. I do not believe that that person exists. Okay. Um, In my first career in finance, I became a manager very quickly and I trained uh, financial advisors and the worst of the worst turned out to be the best of the best because they had work ethic. They were willing to do whatever it took to be what they perceived as being successful. And they were just prepared to do it. 12 hour days, Monday night phone calls, Saturday mornings, Friday night phone calls, whatever it took, getting up at 7 a.m. Unfortunately, that's what we lack. We lack work ethic. Um, and um, if that's your case, so be it. But you're unfortunately, you can't be lazy and be financially independent at the same time unless you have a trust fund, your stonks hit, you know, all-time <laughs> in your Robinhood account, um, um, or you just got real lucky and won a scratch off and collected your hundred grand. So yeah, work ethic is one. And then number two, I think lack of sales um, ability. And that could be lack of training as well, you know, because, you know, some sales skills are, are you're born with, right? You're born with certain ones and other ones you learn. Um, I was born with some skill, but I had to learn the rest of it. I had to be taught it. I had to see somebody else do it. Then I had to do it myself a few times and so forth. But um, number one, work ethic. And then like, a, you know, like a small number two would be um, lack of training and lack of skill because there, the fact of the matter is, is there are some people in this industry that really shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be in a sales position and there's nothing wrong with that. There's not, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just, you know, just not for them. It's just, they're not that salesy, you know, consultative type of individual that can, you know, pivot an angle and layer a sale if they had to, there might be really good at other things. You know, it, like, it doesn't doesn't cater to their strengths. Exactly, exactly. But they may have yeah. really good work ethic. But you know, I always say to Joanne all the time, you know, hey, this is so and so working? Yes. Are they putting in time? Yes. Well, you know what? Tell them to call me. You know, they 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 don't want to watch the training videos. I don't give a shit if they're working at nine o'clock at night and they're sitting with a client and they've been working since eight a.m. I'll stop what I'm doing to take their call. I will always support the hustler. Always. I like that. So, I, think that's a, that. that's, I mean, it's just my opinion, but yeah. No, I, I don't think that's opinion. I think that's pretty much fact. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen agents who, and really I would put myself in the same category. I don't, I don't think I'm some sort of godlike salesman. Not at all. I'm probably mediocre for the most part, but at the start of my career, I did all those things that you mentioned. I was working almost every single Saturday on Mondays, I would dial well into the evening. You know, I'm not home till 10 o'clock at night on Mondays. Like, it really is. A, it's it's an activity. I, I say it all the time on Talk With Tuesday. Like, it's, it comes down to activity. Just like you said, I mean, someone who's a high-level activity, uh, week to week, month to month, you know, every year, if you have a high-level activity, you're going to have inevitably a lot of sales that follow that. So, another question, this is a little different, but I have a call center client that I've been working with for years and what they're exploring now that COVID is a thing and more people are working from home, they are looking at expanding their call center. And instead of having people come into the physical location, they're now looking at expanding virtually of having agents working for the call center, working from home. 
something I'm a big believer in, but I'm curious to know kind of what your thoughts are. And, and you know, Joanne, I'd love to hear from you too, kind of what you think about agents working virtually from home. Do you want to go uh, first or do you want me to take this? You can take it. So it's kind of interesting you bring that up. Um, when COVID happened in March or whatever, um, we had made a little internal change in the office and uh, we changed our product mix on Tuesday or I think it was Monday and then Friday we got, everybody got sent home. So, you know, six or seven people had to learn virtually and we would do these meetings every morning and everybody did pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I think the industry lacks a platform in Medicare uh, similar to what uh, Northstar has done for final expense, right? Or assurance where the agent can like log in, you know, hit the ready button on their Vici dialer. And then all of a sudden the lead pops into their system. If they close it, you know, they get paid. Um, if they don't close it, they don't get paid. And they can repeat that throughout the course of the day. Um, we are in the present time exploring, you know, what something like that looks like. Um, we can build that. We have the infrastructure, we have the data, we have the marketing, we have everything. The part that I have not yet been convinced on is the work ethic part of it. So when the agent can come into your office, you can monitor them, right? You're there, you can answer questions, you can take the call over if it needs help, you can show them what to do on the computer and so forth. When they're, when they're not in your, in your physical presence, you know, now you have a monitoring type problem, right? So do you resort to using technology like Zoom where everybody's got to log into Zoom when they go to work and then the camera is put on them? Is that the kind of culture that you want to create or do you want to create a culture where everybody's a, a, a business-minded mentality person and they all are logging on because they have to pay their mortgage, they got to feed the food of the kids, they got to you know, put clothes on their back. And so I'm a little mixed on the thing. We, we did it and it was successful. Um, we work with the, with a handful of call centers in South Florida and they all went virtual. Like even to this day, um, when I asked to go in to do some onsite training, I'm told there's you know, nobody that comes into the office. You know, now we're, it's a year later, everybody's virtual and they're doing more business than they ever did before. You know, it's, I don't know if it has anything to do with the people working from home, but the point of the story is, is that they're, they're striving, they're doing very well. So I don't really see that being a problem. I think that's really kind of where we're headed towards. Um, I think the, the trend is going that way because as the Medicare population ages, they're more of a digital group of people. You know, the people that are 62 today, that's going to be Medicare eligible in three years, you know, 10 years ago, they were getting on Facebook like everybody else. So they're a lot more digitalized than somebody who's 82 today. So I definitely can see that happening, but we definitely need a plan. I feel like the marketplace needs a platform for an agent to just plug and play very similar to the North star model. It's just a matter of who's, who's going to put the cash out to do it. Right. You know, we're a little nervous because we don't know how to price it. Do we char charge the agent a, a per lead? And then we turn into being a lead vendor at that point you know, like you are, you know how it is. Oh yeah. Suck. Oh my God. The leads. How many times a week do you hear the leads suck? Yeah. You get a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you got 
25 customers that day, 24 are like, Glenn, give me more. And one's like, these are the worst leads I've ever had. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you gotta They're have my crocodile stories. Screen. They're my favorite stories. Yeah. Christian, Christian gets to hear a lot of those. I love um, them. I, love I, would, it. I would love to, I would love to collaborate with someone that's deeply entrenched in the, in their call it the telesales model. Like we are and kind of come together with them on some kind of partnership. I don't know how that would look, but if we can come together and bring our likenesses together, we have the technology, we have the relationships, we have the platform, we have the capital. But if we can bring the two people together to help roll it out, to bring the agents in, I think it would be a tremendous, tremendous business. And those are the businesses that uh, Silicon Valley likes to buy. They like to buy businesses that are multiply tangled out the tentacles of agents because they buy the machine, not so much the client. And the machine is worth eight times more than the client. That would get a lot of, uh, that would get a lot of eyes to look our way. Um, you know, one thing you said earlier, I literally was telling Christian this happened last week, you know, the, I think a lot of it is, is that idea in the agent's head, right? When they get on the phone with someone and they think, you know, like you, like you said with Mary, you know, hi, I'm Mary. I'm, I'm here to shop my plan and I'm ready to switch and just tell me what to do. Like, you know, that's probably right. 10% of the phone calls or less, you right. know, like, like those, those happen, but it's not the, no, the just, just today I was talking to a, to an agent, a downline agent, and she was telling me how she got a call from her website. And the person wanted to buy a Sendo. I guess she has, you know, something about a Sendo on her website. Right. And like 10 minutes into the call, the, the, the prospect realized that she was talking to a broker, not a Sendo. And she like was just her whole tone changed. <laughs> like everything changed in the tone. And this is like, a, this is a successful agent, you know, a very personable, very likable agent. And the whole tone changed and she'd wind up not getting the sale because the person was very adamant about buying direct. So even in a situation where somebody actually calls in off your website, um, it's not always a slam dunk. Yes, they're the best leads to get. I get it. But you're, it's not a slam dunk, unfortunately. Great, yeah, even TV. We've done point. TV before. You know, even the TV commercials, you think like, like, hello, I'd like to enroll in the Parpy Giveback plan you guys are talking about. No, it didn't work like that. I'd like all the money back in my social security check. I'd like the 144 yeah. back. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what you got. Let's hear what you got. If I had a dollar for that, what, what do you got? What are you offering? Yeah. yeah. Joe, um, we're at 6:30 Eastern, so I don't, you know, yes. I want to be courteous of your time. So I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I turn into Mr. Mom at 6:30. Um, uh, she's going out to dinner with her mom and her friends. Sounds uh, good. Last night was my night out. So tonight's her night out. So I got to go take care of a uh, eh, borderline uh, pushing the buttons three-year-old right now. There you go. Yeah. Well, we appreciate yeah. you coming on. I mean, this was, yeah. it, it was, it was great to have you, even if it was just for a little while. And, um, and I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing both you and Joanna in a couple of days. Yeah, We're going to, we're going to meet in a couple of days. Right. Yep. And then Glenn, are you going as well? Unfortunately, I will not be there. I'm hoping Suck. to catch the next conference. All I'm right. Fair enough. Same. I know. Okay. Fair enough.
Um, looking forward to meeting you, Christian, finally. I appreciate, guys. You know, I love what you guys do. Um, Glenn, I remember when you first started uh, years back, um, and you're here today, you know, highly respected in the industry. That's very, very impressive. A lot of people don't know, but I was a collaborator in your first book. Joseph Smith, you guys. Joseph Smith, yeah. Joseph Joseph Smith. Smith. That's it. Joseph Smith. Smith. <laughs> Joseph Smith. There you guys. And Christian, you're you're a young guy. You're you didn't even crack thirty yet, and you're like one of our most favorite people out there in uh, Facebook land, which is pretty thank, cool. So thank uh, you, Joe. I mean, I I love Medicare mentors so much. Like I try to get in there, like as often as I can, and post something like provocative that doesn't like step on any toes or anything like that like as much as I can because I'm like I love this group I'm like I think I think the work that you've done and Joanna's just added to it you know with that with that group what you guys have done I give her the credit she she took it a lot of people don't realize but I drifted off in 2019 I had a huge uh it's I'll end with this in 2019 I had a huge final expense debt roll up, $42,000. And at the time, we were just growing the business. It was, it was a hit. It was a summer hit. And, you know, in Medicare, summer's not your best months. And I was just, you know, I had a lot of emotions going on. And I just decided that in my head that I'd just rather be a producer. Being a producer is easy. Okay, that's why I said this is the easiest business in the world. Producing is easy. And Joanna, you know, kind of lifted me up at the time and um, kind of pushed the, the group forward. And, you know, I got through it. The, the, we paid the debt off and, you know, life is great. Um, fast forward two years later, guess what I got in the mailbox yesterday? I got a payment on that debt from the collection agency attorney I turned it over to. I almost fell down $675 wow. uh, less, you know, they took their fee from it. Mm-hmm. I almost like fell down. I couldn't believe it. Stopped what I was doing. I had to call Ash and I'm like, you'll never believe what came in the mail today. <laughs> like, you'll, ne- like, you'll never believe it. I said, if you've made 20 get- guesses, you it wouldn't even be in the top 20. It wouldn't even be in the top hundred. So, you know, you never know like when things turn around and it's uh, an ACH um, withdrawal. So that, at least gives it a little bit of hope. It might continue a little bit longer. Forty something thousand is a lot of money to pay off. That's but, yeah, uh, yeah, especially unexpected debt. Relief. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky. The firm we hired, they, I mean, they get you. They attach to your credit report. They put an OCC. Like you're not getting credit to buy a car until you pay this debt off. So at some point in time, it's got to be done. But um, Joanna moved the group. It wasn't me. It was her. She uh, she took it to move it to where it is today. That's all her, hundred percent. Thank you. So she's 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 amazing. All right, guys. Happy Taco Tuesday. Eh, she's somewhat amazing. Nah, she's kind of <laughs> nah, she's good. She's one of a kind. I keep telling her she's playing on the New York Yankees baseball team, and she still thinks that she's in AAA minor. <laughs> so when she goes to the Thank table, you, she's she's going with the Steinbrenners. Um, Looking forward to meeting you, Christian. Glenn, always a pleasure, and I will see you guys soon. Thanks, Joe. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Talk to you. See you, Joe. All right. And then there were three. Hey, guys. Joanna, oh. we, need, we need to hear from you, girl. I haven't heard you say a word. Well, I was letting Joe. You know, I work with remote agents. I don't work at the call center like Joe does. So my experience is different because I'm working with an agent who's calling from their house. 
uh, zooming me into their into their meeting and everything. So my my mine is different than his. He's on the phone with agents receiving lively transfers and and various lead vendors and the, they're trying to guess whose lead it was that they declared sucked or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my, my field agents are completely, they're different, a different breed, you know? Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I have, I think 200 and we we're over 250 agents, but about 150 of them are uh, field agents. So those are my, um, my minions. Some of them take offense to that. Some of them love it. <laughs> but yeah, most of them, I mean, some of them are still going to houses and then some of them are working from, you know, a home office or um, an office like Christian where they pay rent to somebody and have people come see them. Um, so yeah, so technology, like Joe said, like you're not going to get away with not using the technology. Um, Christian, I know, is in love with Medicare Center. Which, right? which it's funny about that because... Like, and I, I'm almost embarrassed to even tell this story, but like probably nine months ago, I, you can find it in six figure Medicare agent if you really want to. Um, <laughs> I, I, I put a post up of some kind that I was like, you don't need Sunfire. You don't need connection. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's something like that. And Joanna <laughs> was like checking me on it. She was like, she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, Medi- she's like, connection is great. Sunfire is great. Medicare centers are a great tool. And at this point in time, we didn't have access to anything like that. We had our contracts like with a bunch of different FMOs and things like that. Now they're all for the most part in one place and we have access to Medicare center. We started using it this past AEP. And I was like, I, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. Maybe I was wrong here. It just saves so much time and streamlines it. Like I just had an agent text me right before we got on. And she's brand new, hasn't sold her first policy yet, but she's going, she's in the house of her first policy, you know, and I had coached yeah. her, you know, spent a couple hours Saturday where I was teaching her how to use the technology. It was just too much to teach a brand new agent how to go to Aetna, how to go to Humana, how to go to United Healthcare, how to go to WellCare, just to set, make their first sale. Like they're too overwhelmed with information. So if I can teach you how to log into your Medicare center, create the profile, add the drugs, look up the doctors right there in Sunfire. Some of them are not always great, but it, it, it goes right to the exact page on the website, you know? So you're not stumbling through United Healthcare's website looking for their provider directory or, you know, Humana's. Then you can make your first sale without all the stress that I remember in 2017 in a home where I didn't have an upline to answer the phone because I was under somebody really bad, you know? And so, like, it just Call relieves a lot out. of the stress. Call the name out. It was Christian. It was Kingdom Insurance. <laughs> oh, 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 Kingdom! <laughs> Bad people. Um, but even, you, you can be an amazing upline, but you can't expect everybody to pick up five carriers day one to make their first sale. It's just impossible, you know? Right. And so it streamlines the learning process. An agent can literally start selling in two weeks now, you know, That's versus crazy. I remember, you know, trying to learn how to download a send and okay, now I need to do Aetna over here. And, you know, Humana has an enrollment platform over here. Right. Yeah. And WellCare, I, I, you know, WellCare, before well they got a send, they were like, how do you do a WellCare app? I don't know. <laughs> you know? 
Um, well, like yeah. I remember calling people and having them, you know, email me paper applications because I didn't have, I didn't know how to do it. You know, like when you're like, okay, how, how do I do a Cigna app? Who writes Cigna? Nobody, you know, <laughs> but you get that one person who wants a Cigna and you're like, I have never written this. How do I do it? So technology just makes life easier. It makes the uplines life easier. And um, it's helping agents track their business better, you know. Um, I just, I'm, I'm in love with technology and you can just streamline it. I was talking to somebody um, three days ago. He, you know, is, is going to be running a call center and, you know, he doesn't want to use Medicare Center. He has access to it, but he doesn't want to use it. And I, I told him, I was like, you're never going to get that call center to do the production that they want to do by going to Medicare.gov. And then by going to each carrier to see if the doctor's in network, You're, it's never going to happen. Not on a phone call, not on a 45 minute sale. They don't have the time, you know? So there's, so. there's a question here I wanted to, to ask. It's from Catherine. How does Medicare Center work differently from Connecture? So Medicare Center is just a white label uh-huh. name of Connecture. There you have it. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. What I, I mean, my, what I, what I always tell my new agents is like, you know, have you heard of Sunfire? Have you heard of Connecture? Have you heard of CSG? And they're all like, oh yeah, I've heard of those. I'm like, Medicare Center is all of it, like in one place. You it know, has like- everything. So Medicare Center, right, has Sunfire, Connecture, and CSG links there. So you don't have to figure out where to go. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm partial to Connecture. I like to work in Connecture, but I'll use Sunfire for uh, drugs and doctors. But as far as my scope and my enrollment, I do all that in connection. It's just visually easier for me. Like I'm a visual person. There's there's been like there's been some <laughs> there's been some weird situations before where like I would need to do an app in Sunfire that I don't do very often, right? With like a carrier that I don't write a lot of. And it's like uh, in a state or something that, you know, maybe it's real prevalent there. And I'll go into Sunfire and it won't let me write it in Sunfire, you know, so there's some glitch going on. I'll go into Connecture through through Medicare Center, of course, and it'll let me do it in Connecture. <laughs> I don't know why. So it's, Vince Connell, I don't know if he's watching. If Vince is watching, he made me do some research last week. He was saying that his United Healthcare didn't show up in one of the portals. And so what I discovered was in Sunfire, the Sunfire United Healthcare C SNP and D SNP didn't show up, but it showed up in connection. And yeah. so, like, that's the weirdest thing. I mean, I don't, yeah. thankfully, my IMO has both, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just grateful for some, some act. It, it made shifting to 100% remote a whole lot easier, you know, because you can buy some time when you're face to face, you can blame the technology. But when someone's just waiting for you on the other end of the call, you really got to make something happen because it's it's annoying saying excuse me oh, ma'am hang on a second gonna... hang on a second trying to figure out what i'm doing uh i don't know <laughs> it, it's collapsing <laughs> you know maybe maybe so... could just start singing you know to, to fill any <laughs> gaps like uh hang on for just one second please enjoy this music while you wait <laughs> so i mean we i as someone who had to go remote, you know, in the past year, I like, I really appreciated the difference. It's night and day, you know? So um, I really want to ask that same question I asked Joe to you, Joanna, because I feel like you might even have a better kind of you vantage point 
because you've seen both. I know you, at least from what I think I've read, you talk about or post, you've gone into some of the physical call centers. You, you've yeah. worked in these physical call centers, but now you're doing everything 100% virtual with virtual agents. So, you know, how do you, what do you think the, the difference or the, you know, the, the different, I guess there's, there's kind of different ways you can look at it. You know, what, what are the, the differences in getting started if you're virtual compared to in a call center? What are the advantages to being completely virtual to in a physical call center? You know, and, okay. and again, curious kind of what you've seen and what your thoughts are on, on the differences. So I guess the difference is, I mean, first of all, it saves a lot of time commuting and stuff, you know. Um, if you have kids at home, you might not want to work from home because, you know, your caller can hear everything in the background. Like, yes. so if Christian was holding his baby or, you know, Violet was sitting there screaming her head off in the next group, you might not be able to take, um, you know, a, a $45 call, right? Like, I mean, I have an eight-year-old stepdaughter and, you know, she's sitting here playing the TV right next to me. I can't really, you know, be like summer, be you know, and then she'd be like, can you go somewhere else? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I think I think a lot of parents had issues like that where working from home next to their child. And I think a lot of people are more understanding in the COVID times of having, you know, kids right next to you. But it's not like. I don't know. It becomes hard to listen to on recordings and stuff because, well, everything we do has to be recorded, right? right. Um, so I think it makes it a little bit harder in that sense. So you were talking to Joe earlier, and we were we know that there's a difference between a call center agent, a remote agent like us, and then an agent who's pounding the field. So Christian is a business owner, right? He buys his own needs. And every lead he knows, if he doesn't close it, it costs him money. If he doesn't show up to work, but he has all these presets coming in, he knows he's going to lose a bunch of money, right? Um, an agent who works under somebody in a call center, they're normally not a business person. They're more of an employee mindset where I'm going to go take my hour lunch. I don't care if the phone is ringing. I'm taking my lunch, <laughs> you know, and then... <laughs> And then you better, you better let me do my a hip on the clock because I'm not doing my a hip on Saturday, <laughs> you know, um, my own time. right. It's a, it's a different agent. Um, and I, I, I learned that last year working with seven different call centers in our uh, downline, you know, um, they, they're not going to do my email instructions at 10 o'clock at night, you know, whereas an agent like, I don't know, Nick Frumkin, he's in my downline he will do something at 10 o'clock at night because it's his business, you know? So it's a different mentality. You know, it's not nothing good or bad, neither way, but um, an agent working remote who's, you know, uh, in the, fully independent is different than the agent working as a 1099 and a cost that are getting paid um, hourly and, you know, commission. So. so it really, the one of the big, and I, and I, that was kind of my thought too. So um, I totally agree with you. Like, and in talking with call center owners, you know, they talk about how when they have their agents in house in the call center, a lot of the times they're having to almost babysit. I'm like, Hey, sit down. The phone's ringing. I mean, I've been inside these call centers, right? Like the phone's ringing. 
nobody's answering it. Maybe some people are just talking, walking around. They're in the break room. I mean, like you said, so it's kind of this employee mindset versus independent business owner. I can do this on my own. I'm disciplined enough. I can learn and I can set aside time and do it all from home. And I think having the space to do it too, like you said, I mean, if your kids yeah. all over you. Um, now there is a lot of highly disciplined agents who function in call centers from home. Like, I mean, we have a couple under us and they are very high producers, higher than than you would imagine. I mean, they're number four on the leaderboard, you know, but that's not, not everybody's like them, you know, some of them, I mean, one of the call centers we were working with, they lost half their staff when COVID happened because the half the staff wanted to get unemployment, you know, it's like, you know, some people didn't want to work from home. Like some people are just like, I want to go to work and I don't want to work from home, you know, um, some people, you know, they, it depends on what motivates somebody. If somebody's motivated by money, they're going to show up and make the money. Right. And everybody's motivated by something different, you know, motivated by tacos. <laughs> That's a new t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So Joanna, I had a question for you. Um, uh, I don't think I've ever asked you this question because we've done okay. a couple interviews. I've watched I've watched a couple of interviews you've done with Glenn um, and you might not want to share this. And if you don't, I completely get it. Okay. okay. So <laughs> I, the, love, the, I love that lead up. That's great. What makes, <laughs> what, what makes Medicare mentors so mm-hmm. different than any, all, than, than most of the other groups out there? What is, what's the differentiating factor? if you would, because there's a lot of people out there that are trying to make Facebook groups, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And not all of them do very well. You know, like there's not a lot of Medicare mentors out there. What, what's the, what, what makes it different? So, you know, we've been friends for a, a, what, a year and a half now. Um, and yeah. I've been friends with Justin since I met him in 2018 before he became famous. Like I knew Justin before Justin was Justin Brock. <laughs> um, and um, I think I think we have our own little quirks and niches. Like I am not the camera girl. Like you and Justin are always on camera. You're the podcasters. I'm the one pulling up policy and teaching. You know, it's like I have a, I have a different technique, a different style. And there's nothing wrong with anybody's style. It's just different, right? Um, I can learn by watching and I learn by reading. So if I see something, if, if I see Glenn say something, I'm going to remember exactly what he said. Right. Um, so I think that we produce a lot of content. Um, I'm not in front of the video and we're trying to change that. It's like a lot of camera shyness. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, so I think that one thing that we set apart is besides you and Justin, we are actually writing agents who can help you because we know what you're going through. Like when a new agent comes on and says, what do I do? I'm brand new. Just got my, you know, a hip. What do I do? Aside from you and Justin, not many other group leaders actively are writing or are not that far removed from the business to guide somebody. Right. Um, I think a lot of uh, Facebook group owners 
are so far removed from the business that they're now marketers. Um, someone referred to me as a marketer the other day. I'm like, who? Me? Uh, I'm not, I don't consider myself a marketer. You know, even though we have all these agents and I support them and I still write business every day, you know, like I, I can help you write your Humana app because I was just in there today, you know. Um, so I think that's a lot of the differences, you know, we produce different content. So I, I mean, if someone wants to know how to do, I don't know, seminar or something, you know, Brock's doing all those videos and, you know, you have amazing videos on your university that everything that you put out, but um, if someone's looking for the policy of what happened in 1972, <laughs> they're more likely to get it from me. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people tag me in the social security questions. I that's got that's what I was, that's what I was going to say is I've yeah. worked with thousands of agents over the years. And I don't know a single person who knows the details to programs like social. I mean, I'll, I'll see you answer like some of the most obscure questions where I would yes. be terrified yes. to even try to answer because of the implications, like, you know, talking about VA benefits, you know, social security benefits, you know, how does Medicare Advantage or Part D play into, play into these other programs? And you seem to know so much of this because you've been on the other side of it, working with the, some of these programs with the government. Um, and I think there's immense value in that. And I feel like you've kind of created a culture in Medicare mentors where people want to answer these hard to ask questions, these hard to answer questions. You, know, you, you, have guys, a- you guys definitely get harder questions <clears throat> in your group than I get in mine. I'd say so. and, and that's why I think that's why. I think, I think I tried to, I don't know, be more of like a research group than a rah-rah group. Um, I don't have any products I'm selling or anything. Well, we, we have a couple courses that we, you know, sold if someone wanted to buy our agents training, whatever, but we're not selling anything. Um, yeah. I haven't came up with a book yet, like Christian or anything. Um, it's in the works though. Uh, you convinced yeah. me, but yeah. um, I think we just have a different, it's, it's not better or anything. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Um, and when, when people ask me questions, it makes me wonder, like, how many other people are asked, like, thinking about this? Or how many people can I help if I contribute this information? Um, something came up. <clears throat> I don't know if Dusty's watching, but Dusty um, asked me a question today in Medicare Gurus about how he can help when his clients get more money on their Social Security because their Social Security was really low. And if I can teach, you know, 2000 agents how to help these poor seniors get more money in full Medicaid. I mean, it just helps me know that I contributed something to the society, you know, it just continues my, what I consider community service, you know, this is like running a Facebook group is not all glitz and glam. Like people think it's a lot of work. Um, sometimes I know you get this, but sometimes people abuse us. Like, you know, they're free upline Google, um, I, I don't even get hellos sometimes. It's just, Joanna, where do I find this? And I'm like, well, I do too. <laughs> How do you do, Christian? Joanna, do this for me now. I I, uh, I didn't. So before I started my group, jo, you know, Joanna, you and me were friends before that. I mm-hmm. would hear you talk about this stuff, you know, and I, I, I would be like, oh, that sucks. You know, I'd, oh, that sucks. I, but I wouldn't really like think too much about it. 
I'd be like, oh, that's rude. You know, that person should, you know, they should say, you know, they should say thank you more often, blah, 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 whatever. But I didn't think too much about it. Then I started my group and then I realized what you're talking about because it is insane. Like every morning when I wake up, I probably have four, five, six, seven DMs with some weird question or something like that from some agent, you know. um, Christian, what razor do you use on your head? You get it really smooth and shiny. Is that a Gillette? <laughs> no, I don't mind answering the question, but I prefer it to be posted to the group. So I'm, so I'm, you know, yeah. influencing 2000 people instead of just one, because somebody else has the same question if you're asking me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I, even my own agents, I'm like, you know, like, if it's something that everybody can learn, ask in the group chat so I can show all, you know, a hundred of you what it is, you know, instead of just one person, you know, Joanna, how do I check my pending on Aetna? Well, they're not the easiest to work with. Let's, you know, show you, you know? Yep. Um, so it's just, I, I just prefer to, Hey, everybody else is going to have the same question. So let's show everybody else. That's all. Okay. But Medicare mentors, it became my project. It became my heart. Um, it helped me actually transition from being an employee with the government to a full-time sales agent. Um, like it was, it was, it was really what kept me attached to the industry. Had I not had Medicare mentors, I really don't know if I would have left the government. I don't know if I would have had any, anything pulling me out, you know? Um, so I felt like it was a catalyst to launching me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I, I wanted to answer my own question to that too, if, if, if I may, because as an observer, I wanted Mm -hmm. to just tell you what I think is so unique about Medicare mentors. And I, I, I started to talk about it a little bit with Joe, but, um, before he had to get off, but I would say as an observer, right. As somebody that's kind of seen it grow, I think when I joined, it was like 1500 agents, something like that. And now mm-hmm. it's what, like 2,500, 2,800, something like that. Um, I would say, I think you, that I think all the Facebook groups have the same sort of guy or gal running it, or very similar, right? Like somebody that is an, is an agent, right? Somebody that is maybe like a sales person, right? Sales guru kind of thing like that. Like, not that I would put, myself and Justin, maybe the same category. I think Justin's in a league far above me, but I'd say we're Uh more similar than maybe me and Joanna would be right. Uh In terms of what our skill sets are and what we're good at. Um, And Justin's obviously better at everything that I am if he watches this. Um, But but anyway, um, I think Joanna, what you bring. And one thing I've learned from you since I've gotten to know you is that all of our skill sets are incredibly different. I think your skill set is so unique that they can't find it anywhere else. And um, I think it makes you like a unicorn in our business, right? There's, I mean, I don't know anybody with the background you do, right? Like a veteran. So, you know, a lot about like the, the TRICARE, the VA benefits, all this stuff, because you've, you've been a reciprocant. And then also, you know, working for social security for as long as you did. I mean, it's such a unique background that your knowledge is like such a unique combination of things that they're not going to find that information anywhere else. And I think it makes Medicare mentors just ridiculously. Um, Joe, you're not paying her enough. Yes. <laughs> not paying her enough. Joe, <laughs> give her a raise. 
<laughs> so when I was before before I went all in with Joe, um, and I adore Joe. He really, I don't. I think I've shared the story with you before, Christian. But Joe really saved me from uh, not coming into the industry. You know, had I stayed under that place that didn't answer the phone, that didn't have any training platform, or I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to do a presentation. Joe saved me from that. But it's it's really. Um, so somebody has to pull you and, and just show you the way. And that, that Joe was that person for me, you know? Um, I forgot where I was going. Uh, um, men, you need like a Medicare mentor. Men Is that what you're yeah. saying? Everybody does. I mean, you have to emulate somebody. And so make sure the person you're emulating, you know, has some integrity and yeah. some one is invested in your success. So one thing that I think, that makes you know Christian great and everything is when I talk to agents that are affiliated with him, he's invested in their success. You know, like I, we, I get some of the same stories you get, <laughs> and like you know, I, like he told me about how he bought somebody leads and flew to them, and they didn't appreciate his time, and that really hurts. It, re it really hurts when you're investing, you know, four days into somebody and flying out to see them, and they're not, you know, uh, appreciative of that, right? Um, but yeah, I think everybody has a unique, um, part in this business that uh, everybody has a different background and it's what makes, um, everybody unique, you know, Medicare is standardized, but your background and experience is not standardized. If that makes any sense, you know, um, I know agents who are doing phenomenal with the digital stuff and it's just because they have a background in technology that's I'm not the tech girl, you know, I still haven't figured out how to do my go high level. <laughs> like, like, it's just, and it's not, it's, it's just, I, I have to wrap my head around it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the podcast girl. I still have to figure out what a microphone, you know, this <laughs> is like, you know, everybody has their different niche, you know? Um, and so if I can contribute anything to the audience, you know, I am glad to be able to do so. Yeah. So. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're beloved. I, I, I think you could go anywhere and, and do really well. And, and oh, that's what I was talking about going anywhere. So right before <laughs> I quit social security, that's where I was going my tangent. Yeah, yeah. Right before I quit social security and they were paying me pretty decent. I was a GS 11 step five. Um, my base salary is like 80,000, you know, plus overtime and everything. I asked one of my friends, Rocco, I said, Rocco, how much do you think I could make, you know, doing Medicare? Because I, I didn't know what I would be able to do full time, you know, I just knew my, my part time income was a lot of play money for me, you know. Um, and he's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't show up for less than 250000 if I were you. And I was like, that's a big number. Who's going to pay me 250000 <laughs> And nobody pays me 250000 yet, so I don't, I don't want to start that rumor. But, no. you know, I think, <laughs> um, I think you should know your value. Um, I certainly am very grateful for Joe and Andrew, his partner at Nation Care, for, um, you know, mentoring me so I can grow up in the business, you know. Um, I'm grateful to have a permanent home where I'm loved and nurtured every day, you know. I think, I think a lot of people need that, you know, a lot of people are just existing, but they're not being nurtured. And I can say that I'm thankful for my big brother, Joe, uh, hopefully he watches this later, 
but I'm thankful for him. You know, he didn't, he's, I was a brand new rookie in August, 2018, when he went to bat fighting for my releases from this evil agency. And um, they tried to sue both of us, you know, <laughs> and like he, like, that was my first real experience with him. I didn't know him really. He was just some guy in a Facebook group who wanted to help me, you know, and our relationship blossomed. And now he's one of my best friends, you know? So I think, I, I, think I think it's really important. Like I've always looked at it like, and I saw someone kind of shitting on this concept the other day, and I don't know if I quite understand it, but maybe I just didn't understand. But um, I've always looked at it like you're the person that you contract with or the organization that you're joining with, like you're, you're, you're partnering with them, like your business partners in a way, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I really do believe that. You know, and I think if you have the wrong partners, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful, but it's making it make it a hell of a lot harder. Right. And I equate it a lot to dating. If you're dating um, a man who treats you like crap, isn't considerate of your time, doesn't answer the phone, is dating somebody else, you know, won't show up on Saturday when you, they said they were or whatever. I mean, who wants to who wants to be in a relationship like that? Right. You know, um, I think I think being attached to an FMO or an agency, if you are brand new, uh, it should be a lot like dating. You should feel loved and nurtured and respected. You know, when I hear all these agency agent stories of how they're being treated and mistreated and, you know, somebody's not answering their phone calls for three weeks. I'm like, what? I was like, I mean, are your agents text you? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I like I do, too, like. I, I would be shocked. Like, I wouldn't expect you to stay under me if I didn't answer a phone call. If I didn't train you, I mean, I, I don't make any money if I don't train you. So we're all in the business of making money, right? Like, yes. I mean, nobody's going to be doing insurance if there's no money in it. <laughs> it's not, it's you. not like, a sex, <laughs> it's not a sexy career field, you know, like if there was no money in it, nobody would be an upline, you know? Um, I, I learned I, I learned the hard way being an upline um, is a lot of work, a lot of work. It's very demanding. Um, you know, you have to know a lot of stuff. You have to be able to look up a lot of stuff if you don't know, you know. Um, but it's a lot like dating. Everybody's not going, to, everybody's not for you. You know, your wife is your wife, right? You know, Stormy is not going to, you know, she might not want to be married to Glenn. You know, different different wives, right? Same thing with Adrian. <laughs> I love no, 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 no. Like I love this analogy because, you know, obviously I get asked all the time, like, "Hey, who's a good upline? Who should I contract with?" And you know, again, it's it would be similar to someone being like, "Hey, who should I date? You know, who's who would be a good fit for me?" Yeah. There's not one person or one upline that's perfect and they're doing all of this right like you really do need to call around and talk to people and what are they going to offer you and how are you going to help them and it really is this two-way street shameless plug for the fmo imo directory which both of these beautiful people have yes you are on there nation care is on there christian go rid us five stars Five stars. They're, these are both two five-star agencies for sure. But again, there's hundreds and hundreds of uplines out there. So, you know, if you have one that you hate, find a new one. If you're trying to find one, 
talked to a bunch of them, you guys. There's, I, I just can't stress that enough. And, and I, I understand, again, as an agent myself previously, I understand this, this idea that I just need to hook up with that one FMO or IMO or, or this IMO is offering the top contract. So obviously this is the best, but you know, if you're brand new, you might need someone like Joanna who's obviously going to nurture you and answer your questions and hop on a Zoom call and, and do these things. I mean, it's crazy in Medicare mentors to see there are agents who you don't have any sort of monetization. You're not making any money working with these agents, yet you are offering more support than they're getting from their upline. And, and that's just crazy to, to really think about and to see. Uh, but again, there's, there's different fits for different people. You know, you know what's crazy? I think in the last couple of years since Facebook groups have evolved is somebody said that we are like his upline. It was Ricky, Ricky, uh, forgot his last name, Gonzalez, I want to say. He said one time he felt like our groups were like his upline. And I was like, I wonder how many agents have a not so great home and they use our the groups to answer all their questions that, you know, should be answered by an MGA, right? And I'm like, hmm, like, it's like a lot of, I don't know, sounds lonely to me. Like, I wouldn't want to have to log on to, and I actually, I remember the days um, before Medicare Mentors was really Medicare Mentors. It was um, Medicare for the final expense agent or something like that, because Joe created the group. And I remember my first AEP and I was, um, posting my rookie questions in Justin's group, Medicare Gurus, at the time it was Medicare Coach. And I had nobody else, you know, but I was also knowing that I was going to leave who I was stuck under. Does that make sense? Yep, like yeah. if you're in a bad relationship and someone's beating on you, you're not going to stay, are you? I'd hope not. <laughs> like I don't understand. Yeah. I don't Let me call my, my attorney. I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why agents stay in bad relationships. You know, um, like if you don't have mentorship and how to become, you know, the next level, like why are you paying them your overrides? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And that's that should be like its own little snippet right there, like that. Could not you couldn't have been more succinct with the words you chose other than why are you paying them your override? That's how yeah. it works. You are paying but, your upline. Exactly. But you know, a lot of people don't look at the business like that. A lot of uplines don't look at it like that. And a lot of downlines don't realize that, you know? Like out of the downline, yeah, as a rookie agent, you can't get MGA level. So you can't get you know, that, that um, administrator, it's not called an override, it's called an administrative fee, right? <clears throat> you can't get that, but they certainly should be offering support per CMS guidelines for that, right? Um, you know, so if they're not, then goes to someone who, who does offer the support that they're supposed to for the administrative fee, because there are CMS guidelines to, to get it. Right, yeah. right. Like the, in that story that you were, telling about when I flew out a couple of months ago. Yeah, that hurt there, my heart. There, there was an, and I'm not going to, I won't get into too much detail, but like part of the, part of the big problem that was going on there was, you know, the, the agent that was 
kind of over the, the, the group that I was working with, didn't really want to work with the group, you know, like she wanted the overrides, wanted the get higher, you know, wanted the GA contracts, all this stuff, but didn't want to do the work, just wanted to collect two thirds of the override, you know, um, or whatever it was with particular carrier. And that was where, you know, I had to check her and be like, Hey, you know, when you sign the contract, there is, there is documentation in the contract that says that in order to be worthy of this override, you're going to help the person by helping them produce more business. You're going to be supportive. You're going to be there for them. I'm like, you're not doing that, you know? And, um, I think that's thing that so I, I, I think a lot of that comes from this recruiting culture we have in our industry today, where it's Uh like, Oh, multi-level marketing thing. Almost like, you know, bring in people, recruit, Uh recruit, recruit, don't sell yourself. Just keep bringing in more people and all this stuff. And I tell, I tell new agents, like when they're in their first 12 months, they want to start recruiting. I'm like, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm like, I'll help you. If that's what you you're dead set on it. I'm like, I'm not, it's your business at the end of the day. Right. I'm not here to tell you, you can't do that, but I wouldn't recommend it. Right. right? Like you just don't know enough yet to be really valuable to the agents you're bringing in. Right. So I have, um, I, I didn't want to be an MLM type of thing when we were building nation care and Joe and I set parameters in order to be a GA or an MGA or an SGA, you have to be able to train your own agents. Like if you want to be a GA, your agents can't call me five times a day asking how to look up a decent. They have to call you. Now, if it's a complicated situation or you're not available, like you're in surgery or you're in an appointment, yeah, then they call call me. But if I find out that you're not training your agent, you're ghosting them, you can't be their GA, you know, like you can't be a GA and ghost your agents under us. It doesn't happen. You know, you, the, the, the benefit is they get us and you, not us because you don't show up, you know, right. so you have to show up to the table. If you show up to the table, they'll get uh, you plus us magic can happen right but if you're not showing up mm-mm. you're not gonna be a j i would i would love to recruit agents and then anytime they ask me a question uh call joanna call I joanna don't, i don't know don't ask me just call joanna wait wait, wait. <laughs> Glenn, right I, goes to me <laughs> Glenn, I, I thought you brought me into the business well i once you what i get you contracted then i'm done joanna does the rest <laughs> So here's, not so, not. here's you. I'm your upline. Your support goes to Joanna. Over <laughs> the top. That's the hierarchy structure. And, and you know what? There's a lot of misconceptions from brand new agents, how FMOs get paid and everything. They don't realize that FMOs get paid the smallest override percentage. Like the tiniest amount. Oh, yeah. in, tiniest Medicare, amount. in Medicare especially. It's so small. Compared to what the GA and the MGA get, right? So if there's an MGA, they're getting the big chunk and then the FMO is getting the little chunk. Um, But, you know, and the FMO has support staff that has to do the compliance and everything else. Um, The contracting takes a lot of time. So, yeah, there's a lot of misconception there. Uh, I hear agents say, well, that FMO got rich off me. No, that FMO made $25 an app, you know. Right. That FMO didn't even notice your overall. Yeah, the FMO doesn't even know who you are, and they won't notice if you leave. So, right. <laughs> yeah. That FMO's got 5,000 agents or something like that. Like, <laughs> get were, over yourself. Yeah. You were the I bottom. Mean, 
How many did you say Agent Pipeline had? 60,000? They told me recently they had 60,000 contracted agents. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, places like that, you know, you're 200 apps a year. I'm sure that it helped, but I mean, they're, they didn't get rich off that. The MGA did. MGA comes I mean, I, I think if it's. I think a good FMO, and I'd, and I'd love to hear your take on this too, because I know you guys are with a really, you know, a really good FMO with a great um, reputation and is also an integrity FMO. So yeah. um, we are integrity brothers and sisters. Yes. Joanna and I are brother sister in, in integrity, in our integrity family. But, um, but, but anyway, like, you know, I always look at it like this. I think a good FMO is going to value you and you're 200 mm-hmm. apps a year or whatever you write, yeah. whatever brings oh, they're, they're going to they're, they're value you because that's valuable. Not everybody's going to do that for them. But at the same time, they don't need you. Right. You know, they don't need you. They're going to be just fine without you. Um, and I don't think a lot of agents get that. They're like, you know, well, they need me. I'm like, no, they really don't need you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and I, I, but, but at the same time, they shouldn't just ignore you, not answer your phones. Right. They should be there to support oh. you and yes. they will value you. They will support you. But at the same time, they understand that you're just one agent. Right. They're not going to cut a $50,000 marketing check to an independent agent that wrote a hundred apps last year, you know, like it, it's, it should be directly proportionate, you know, the help you get, the support you get, like, should be proportionate to who you are and what you're doing for the, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship, you know, like. So yes and no, I hear what you're saying, Glenn, but a lot of times the MGA FMO is expected to put up the value first before the agent does any work. And I, I'll say that because especially when I used to train hardcore my, when I was just an MGA in the field, I would train a brand new agent for about 40 hours face-to-face in the field, right? And then I expected them to call me from every house and everything. But like I put in all that, I put 40 hours of my time into that person, right? They might not go do anything with my training. And that's happened before. Like I really got burnt out for a couple uh, period of time where I had trained all these people who like came and knocked on my door and then no results and I'm like so what's the problem like I trained you so I know that's not the problem so Joe was telling me this before is work ethic you know and so now I um I hire differently now I had to learn that you know Christian I've had a lot of conversations about hiring is I'm very careful with who I um actually give a contract to because I don't want to sometimes the people who have the who put in the least take the most resources, you know? And so if you've done one app a year and now, but you want my $300, $300 an hour time right. to walk you through something like I really, it's you, you're yeah. costing too much resources, right? 100%. Yeah. Cut them loose for sure. But a lot, I see a lot of agents complain about stuff, but I'm like, so did you call the IMO? And they did they just refuse to help you or like how that happen? Because a lot of a lot of agents think that their marketer at the IMO is supposed to call them every Monday or something. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm like, I know my marketer probably has 50,000 agents assigned to him, you know? Like I try, I, I kind of equate it to like when I was working at social security, I was one of, you know, 10 specialists over the Atlanta area. And I had probably over a hundred, hundred thousand people like that could have called me their person. Right. I'm like, I, I couldn't call everybody. Right. I'm sure the marketers can't call everybody, but if you need help, they probably will email you and call you and stuff. I don't know. I just see a lot of people. It's, it's a give and take. You have to call to ask for the help. It, it totally, and yeah. you're a hundred percent, right. You know, the FMO, the upline, the agency, like they have to put in the value before the agent does anything. Like I totally uh -huh. agree with that. But then, you know, like you said, it also goes the other way. If you contract someone who's going to sell two policies a year and yet they're harassing you for X, Y, and Z every other day, you're losing money and you're losing time and you could be helping more agents going somewhere else. So it's right. And I just, yeah, it's, I think really that's, hard. it's really valuable. I think to share that though, because I want agents to hear it from the other end. Agents are constantly looking from their vantage point and all they see is, well, Joanne is not getting back to me fast enough or, you know, man, Christian just sucks. This whole thing sucks. And it's, you need to put yourself in there. You need to see what they're doing on their end. Like you need to see how many agents they're trying to help. You need to see, you know, all the behind the scenes that your upline is doing on your behalf. They're negotiating contracts. They're negotiating marketing budgets and, and getting co-op deals. And yeah. yeah, there's so much that your upline might be doing that for you that you don't know about. And it's not fair to think that they're just ignoring you. But in the social media thing, too, we've been talking about that a lot this year. The yeah. agents run to social media and, and rather than even reaching out to their upline, just blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, my leads suck and my contract suck and I need a new upline. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I, 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 I have a story I wanted to tell that kind of like that. That just made me think of that, what, what you were just talking about, Glenn, that I think is relevant. So. My my direct contact at Agent Pipeline is he's awesome. Like, you know, I think I think a ton of him, you know, we talk all the time. I feel awful sometimes for how much time I take from him because, you know, he helps out so much. But basically, you know, he's one of the higher level marketers, right? He has a team of people that work under him in the FMO. Well, we've had certain agents of ours that will email their questions directly to him and kind of go outside of me. And they'll email their questions directly to him. And most of the time he doesn't respond. And oh. they're like, oh, well, they're like, well, he's, he's not responsive. You know, he's not helpful. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And I try to take the time to explain to them their model is that you come to me. I'm your direct upline. You bring uh -huh. your question to me. He doesn't have time to take all of my questions plus all of your questions, you know, like it's supposed to, he, he, he'll communicate with the higher level agents because that's what his job is. You know, and uh -huh. I don't think people realize that like these marketers, some of them oversee like 500 agents, 1,000 agents, 1,500 agents, 2,000 agents. It's ungodly the amount of people that they're responsible for. They can't communicate with every single agent. They have to communicate with the leaders and then the leaders have it dripped down. Right. Um, I tell my, my agents, exactly that i said no 
you're free to contact Premier, but my job, what I get paid for is to support you. And so please contact me if I can help because, you know, my cord, you know, he can't answer all 150 of you every day. It's just, I mean, he's, he's emailing me back and forth all day about you guys. He can't yeah. answer your emails too, you know? Like, I just, I wouldn't want to put that support like that on him, you know? Like, so when he says, hey, Joanna, so-and-so called the office today. Okay, I'll get back. I'll call them, you know, thank you. Um, but a lot of times, you know, it's what we earn our overrides for, our administrative fees, you know? Uh, and we, I enjoy earning my over administrative fees, you know? Um, I'm, sure I, uh, you work, I, I'm sure you're working so much harder for your overrides yeah. than most. I, I would yeah. confidently say that. I want to be respectful of everyone's time. Yeah, um, definitely. Joanna, I super appreciate having you on Taco Tuesday. And Joe is already gone. But again, appreciate Joe's time today as well. Thank I would you. love to hear any final thoughts, Joanna, that, that you have um, before we sign off here. Um. I'm excited for, we have this Medicare mastermind coming up this weekend um, in Memphis where Christian and I are going to meet face to face for the first time. It's kind of weird because like, I feel like, like we've had so many Zoom meetings, like it's weird. <laughs> it's kind of like it's meeting your, I'm it's like, gonna hey. it's going to be You're weird. You're about to get catfished, Joanna, run. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Is it going to show up hair? I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up and I'm going to be three feet tall. That would be terrifying. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's kind of weird because it's like been like online dating for the last two years, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, <laughs> so um, it's going to be fun that we get to hang out with Christian and so many of our other industry friends. Tony Merwin's showing up, his wife, the Colombian Crusher. I'm so excited to see them again. Um, so if you can get to a conference, I highly suggest it. I love conferences. Um, not, they're not the rah-rah that people think they are. Um, I get a lot of valuable insight from the people I get to talk to. And some of the education doesn't come from the stage. Some of the education comes from lunch or having a drink at the bar next to sitting next to Glenn and learning about something, you know? Um, so I get a lot of, uh, nuggets from, you know, having coffee with someone and just hanging out, you know? So I look forward to, you know, getting to see all my comrades in the industry because I learn a lot from everybody else, you know. I'm going to have Christian teach me how to do a podcast while I'm there. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's like things it's like date. that. Is, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so look forward to it. Check out Medicare Mentors. You'll get all the policies you need. Um <laughs> And uh, thank you guys for having me. I always enjoy you too. Yeah, absolutely. Christian, final thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, Joanna, to echo what Glenn said, thank you for coming on. Um, it's always awesome. Anytime we can do any kind of collaboration together between our two communities, our two lovely communities. And, um, and it's always a lot of fun. And I always walk out of it feeling like I learned a lot that I didn't know before. Um, so, and Joe, thank you for coming on and, and breaking down probably some stuff that you could be in the industry for 10 years and not know about call centers and all those things. So that was amazing. And, you know, it was great to have him on for when we could. Um, my final thoughts are just this. Um, I'm excited for uh, Mastermind in the next couple of days. I am glad that I got better. 
I'm glad I did not have COVID. I was in a doctor's office Sunday getting a COVID test. They swabbed my nose and I was just, and it said that I could be 25 minutes before we have the results. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office waiting for the result. And my heart is racing because if it was positive, I can't go. It'll never let me on the plane. Because that's, that's a symptom of, of COVID. Your heart was racing <laughs> from your COVID. Just because the test is negative. Come on, Christian. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean but, anything. <laughs> but, but I was just so relieved that it was negative. I was grateful because um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, was planning to go to 8% last year, didn't end up going. I was planning to go to 8% the year before, didn't end up going. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited to get to spend some time with Joanna, with Joe, um, with just all the amazing people that are going to be there. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just really excited. And I'm, that's, that's kind of what's on my mind right now. So uh-huh. looking forward to seeing all you guys that are going to be there. Um, if, if you're not going to be there, I'll try to post a shit ton of stuff. Yes. What's going on. Thank you. For those who have extreme FOMO of what's about to happen <laughs> this weekend, I might, maybe I'll just go live on Friday night and just, I'm like drinking alone, you know, just like really to try to numb those FOMO feelings. You guys are going to have a, a, a 92% nation without us. We should, <laughs> we should have a 92% meets up with the gurus. Just like uh, there was, I think we did before, but um, I yeah, <laughs> I would get on. I would get on, even though even I got though, on to myself. You got on. You got it's on last time then. from eight percent. It was. It was. It was sick. I guess it's happening then. So we'll have, to that, we'll have to figure that out. But final thoughts for me, you guys. If you can go to this conference, I wish I would could be there. I'm not going to be able to be there right now, but I highly recommend. There's going to be so many industry thought leaders people who know just a ton about the Medicare space and, and all sorts of different information that you might be thinking about. So I definitely would recommend checking that out. Um, this conversation, as many do on Taco Tuesday, um, kind of morphed into talking about uplines. If you are looking for an upline, we have a directory at leadheroes.com of more than 170 different uplines in the life and health insurance space. And just like Joanna perfectly described with her metaphor of being in a relationship, it really is what it, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's just like dating, you know, if you want a, a great long-term relationship, you should probably date around first, you know, figure out if it's going to be a good fit. So if, if you are looking for a resource, how can I find more uplines? We have something really great for you guys heroes.com until next taco tuesday you guys um or potentially until friday when we have our fomo 92 percent nation cocktail party which will meet up with the guru mastermind virtually we'll talk to you guys later thank Adios, you everybody thanks so much